and welcome back to the Scottish Rugby Blog Podcast. I am Cammy Black. Um, this is the first of our pre-season specials. Uh, and this week, first up, we've got uh, an interview with Ruri Campbell, who writes for the blog occasionally. Uh, he's a referee, so we've uh, found out a little bit like about what his pre-season has been like. Uh, and then later on, after we speak to Ruri, you'll hear from uh, Jack Reed, who works in the marketing and communications uh, team with Glasgow Warriors, and Adam Ash um, about their new podcast, Warriors Weekly, which is out every Tuesday. So first up, we've got our interview with Ruri. Okay, uh, we're joined now by sometime contributor to the blog and sometime podcast contributor, Ruri Campbell. Ruri, hello. Hi, Cammy. Good to be back. Yeah, uh, we've got you on because uh, this is our sort of pre-season special and we're speaking to various people about how they're getting ready for the season. And uh, you are a, a, a Scottish referee um, and you're refereeing sort of all the way up to National 1. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Um, full-time referee now. My playing days are sadly over, so focusing on the repping. Was, was that an easy decision to make? It was um, it's just kind of whenever I finished school, I got to the stage where if I kept playing, I wasn't a great player, to be honest. It had been at a lower level, but I've had the opportunity to ref at a much higher level that I could have played at. And just being involved in those bigger games has been a great experience for me. Yeah, so you've, you, you're sort of in pre-season at the moment as a referee. What's, what's that like exactly? Yeah, it's a bit different to standard team pre-season for the sheer fact that for a lot of it, you're on your own. Um, everyone's very different in terms of how they do pre-season uh, a lot of it's fitness based so personally I compete in athletics so fitness has been alright for me but for referees one of the biggest things we have is a pre-season referee conference so last weekend as some of you may have seen on Twitter we all met up at Heriot Watt University and there's a great chance for all the panel and development panel referees there's about 30 of us or so coming together Um fitness testing but just a good social chance to meet up and yeah going over all the new law changes and everything just really to get ready for the start of the new season and do you and is that sort of stand is that just for sort of the ones that are way on the group or do, does every referee sort of have to pass a fitness test um fitness tests it kind of depends on the level so the higher up you go the higher the fitness standards are um it's really it's up to you to do the work of fitness. Um, if you're willing to put the work in, then it improves your chance of getting better games, essentially. Yeah, and um, what about the, the law changes? Do you get tested on those then, or is it just a, a chance to sort of talk about how you're all going to interpret them? Yeah, sometimes we have law tests. Um, didn't really have too much this year because there weren't many changes, but we have a lot of discussion about world rugby and the clarification they bring in with various different areas of the game. And then we try and put that into the sort of level we're reffing at, see how we're going to read the game. And then try to, the biggest thing is that we work as a team with how we apply these laws. So we have a chat with that and see how best we're going to um, go ahead with the season. So is that all about trying to get consistency so that at the sort of national one level, you're all singing from the same hymn sheet, so to speak? Yeah, exactly. Um, as a player, you don't want a ref to ref a certain way one week and then for it to be completely different the next week especially at that level you're expecting some sort of consistency and and then so the season itself um how, how do the games get allocated then is it just uh, uh, there's a there's a list and they, they dish them out randomly or do you get to get an element of choosing them um we don't necessarily get to choose ourselves as much at level i'm doing which is panel uh, it's all done by the guys up at murrayfield so 
It's about three weeks in advance. They'll have a look through all the games that are available, all the refs that are then available, and then just try to pair it up. Um, yeah, so it's really it's, it's merit-based, essentially, but um, it's just about trying to get the best games you can. And, and was there a game last year that sort of stands out as being one that you, you enjoyed refereeing? Um, well, actually, I'm, I'm a big fan of doing the university games on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, one game I really remember standing out just in terms of enjoyment was Edinburgh Uni against Durham Uni. It was a fairly cold Wednesday afternoon on a 3G pitch. I think the grass pitch was frozen or something, but it was one of those games that just went right, right down to the wire. I think it was a last-minute try that won it for Edinburgh, and it's just being involved in those high-intensity tight games that I love. And how how do you cope with that as a referee? Because uh, you know, even if it's a neutral in those sorts of games, when you're watching them, you just want it to sort of keep going. Is it is it is it hard to sort of you know? Do you find yourself sort of struggling to blow the whistle sometimes? You do get those games where you just you have some great quality rugby and you just want to stay involved. But at the end of the day, the players are there to do a job. You've got a job yourself. Yeah, and and is there anywhere in Scotland yet that you haven't refereed that you'd like to have a go at? Um, try I've been I've been all over. Um, went up to Orkney last season, which uh, is, is a great weekend for those who do it. In fact, Beric wrote about it on the blog a couple of years ago. But in terms of the social side, that was amazing. Did you? Uh, uh, web- did Did you enjoy? Did you upgrade to the first uh, class lounge for all you can drink for five pound? Have they stopped that after Beric did it? No, that I didn't hear that whenever I was there. So uh, <laughs> I would <laughs> five pound for all you can drink. I, I'd have taken that quite happily. They maybe maybe suspended that after Berwick uh, took the trip up there. Uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> and and what about your your ambition as a referee? I mean, obviously you 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 know, like you said, you're at panel now and you you're doing national one. Is is there any is is it something you want to take further? Um, at the minute, it's just trying to take the games as they come, working with my coach to see on areas that I can improve. One of the sort of areas that I'm focused on a bit is with sevens. Obviously, being a lad from Merrill's, it's uh, sevens is fairly important, so I had a good opportunity at the end of the season to take that a bit further. So doing some of the sort of larger tournaments in England and across in Amsterdam as well. So that's Scottish rugby have been great in terms of supporting refs. Some people want to do sevens, some don't, but it's finding that path that you want to take to try and see if you can really push yourself as a referee. And and there seems to be quite a lot of um, young referees coming through all of a sudden. Um, there's yourself, Holly Davison. Is that has that been like a, a, a in terms of the, there's more support there do you think than there was has been in the past well, i can't comment on what was five six years ago for the simple fact i wasn't there but for any new referee joining the setup there is a great amount of support right from society the first day you do your level one course up to the national setup um you're getting great coaches at every level give you a lot of advice and it's really then down to you to take that advice work forward and then start progressing um, now it wouldn't be um, it, it wouldn't be a podcast with you on if we didn't do a bit of Rue Rue the ref, <laughs> um, and we've 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 had uh, actually the, the Scottish Rugby Forum. I should give a shout out to them because we've had quite a lot of uh, contributions. I've I've whittled them down to the most appropriate ones. Um, uh, look forward to this. Then. There was no um, <laughs> that you'll be pleased to hear. Nobody has uh, got any personal vendettas against you, so so none of your own judgments are being questioned here. Um, <laughs> The first one we've got is from Neil McGregor from the Scottish Rugby Forum, um, and we also had this from Rugby Travel Scotland on Instagram, and they have asked, if you could change one law to enhance the game, what would it be and why? One law to enhance the game? Um, 
I think one area we're looking to clear up at the minute a lot is the breakdown. Can't start to say specifically what law would help as such, but uh, obviously rugby, especially when you're trying to get into new markets, you want to make it as appealing as possible. And there's no, you can't deny the fact that it's a complicated sport. We've done a lot of work, um, especially over the summer, trying to see how we can sort of clear up the breakdown, make it as easy as possible to understand. So I think it'd be something along those lines to just try. You don't want to remove the complete um, competition at breakdown. That's what makes it exciting. But it needs to be something that it, people have clarity on and actually know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, that, that sort of brings us on to the next question we had from Martin Clark, who asked why referees view the breakdown differently. Um, he says some seem to allow more time to challenge the ball than others. Is that, I mean, you, you talked about speaking to other referees and trying to get a consistent approach, but... Uh, is that the case that some referees will just allow a little bit more time for players to compete for the ball than others? Or is it just a matter of interpretation, do you think? You have to remember at the end of the day, referees are still people. They're not robots. So although we go when looking for us at the same level, it will differ. And at the same time, it can depend completely on the game. There's some matches where you can have a great contest with a breakdown and you can just let that play. And that's absolutely fine. But I've been involved in games where if you try to let that happen... You're going to have players flying off their feet, making the game dangerous. And that's when sometimes refs have to start reeling in for the safety of the game, essentially. So that's why you can start to see a few variations. Um, that sort of um, brings on to, and again, this is working out quite well in terms Looking of... Looking at this very yeah. well. Um, Chris Bradley, uh, again from the Scottish Rugby Forum, says, How easy is it to stay impartial when one team is being a pain and calling for everything? Well, this is something we're trying to get on top of. Uh, again, it's another thing we talked about a lot in the season. And you'll see the refs at pro international level cracking down on the players that are starting to call for decisions. I think if we can sort of nip that in the buds early on, try and make sure if players understand that if they appeal for a decision, they're going to get penalised. That might quiet it down. At the end of the day, a lot of what we ref is sort of instinctive. You see something that happens you just have to act quickly before it gets out of hand. So don't see it as much of an issue. Our teams definitely don't help themselves by appealing, calling for the decisions, but hopefully it's something we're going to see a bit less of in the next season or two. And and we, t- I mean, we talked, this is sort of a question that just popped into my head now. I mean, we see it a lot at international level, or it's certainly talked about that, you know, one team gets the upper hand in the scrum, the referee starts to go m- more in favour of that team. I mean, is that, that a thing, or is it just that that team's sort of got the upper hand in the scrum. Yeah, I think it's more commentators looking for something to say. But it's, I mean, if, if a team is dominant in the scrum, you're going to see that and that's going to have an impact. So you, you can't really avoid that. But um, to say the teams are playing mind games, I'm sure some of them are, uh, knowing the, the lengths some go to to try and get the upper hand. But any decent ref, it's something you ignore, it's something you completely blank out. Yeah, Um Back to the breakdown, we've got Bruce Aitchison from Happiness's Egg Shaped says, what will it take to get players on their feet at the breakdown? Now, Bruce is a, Bruce is a rugby coach, so I would imagine the answer to that is better coaching, isn't it? Um, you could say that. <laughs> I don't want to get Bruce's wrong side. Uh, <laughs> ref his side a couple of times. But um, it's I, I, it sounds like we're saying it for everything, but it's actually another thing we've talked about, trying to see how we can get players on their feet and a lot of it does come down to cracking down early, making sure that if they want to win the ball back at a breakdown, uh, be it from securing their own ball or from a turnover, they have to do that legally. 
and that means staying on the feet, getting on the ball and not putting the hands uh, away, essentially sealing the ball off. So that's what we're trying to avoid. Yeah, and not putting the weight on the ball either. Presumably, presumably yoga is the answer, I would imagine there. I think so, yeah. <laughs> that, that can't harm anyone. No. Um, Ian Card- Cardno uh, says, on a windy day, would you expect the hooker to throw a line-out squint to compensate for the wind to make it go down the middle? Um, again, it's the rest of a human. We will look. We can have a bit of sympathy for one. I've been, for example, I've been at Berwick where it was a ridiculous crosswind. To expect anyone to throw completely 100% straight was just never going to happen. What we're looking for is a decent chance for both teams to challenge for the ball in the air. So as long as it's in a position where the defending sides can compete for the ball if they want, then we're usually going to be happy. Yeah. I don't think anybody's ever thrown a ball in straight, to be fair, at Berwick ever in their lives. But, um, That's a good point. <laughs> forgive that. Um, Liam Byrne uh, says, are there any times when, as a referee, uh, you ignore verbals from a player or is it something you're expected to come on down hard on every time? I mean, you've, you've talked about sort of the afters uh, and the calling for decisions, so I guess this is part of the same thing. It, it, it sounds like it's something that, that's going to be cracked down on now. Exactly. That's something that started at the top level at the pro level and we're now seeing filtering down into national leagues, regional leagues. So I expect, I would hope in the games that you see in the coming season that you won't see as much of that. Again, it's down in refs to really focus on cracking down and always helps if players go with the mindset of knowing that it's not really something they should be doing. But I know it's going to take, it's something that's kind of started to build into rugby so it will take time essentially to remove it from the game completely. But the earlier we can crack it, then the better it's going to be for the game. I mean, there was a couple of instances last season at pro level where things were picked up on the ref's mic, but the ref didn't necessarily pick up on it. I mean, how easy is it to sort of, um, when you're dealing with the sort of the heat and intensity of the game, how easy is it to sort of pick up on what's being said? Or do you sort of, are you sort of in a bit of a sort of focused on what's in front of you? Um, you have to sort of read how the game's going. There are those comments that you might pick up on the ref's mic, but the ref doesn't hear just because they're focused on something completely different. We're also aware rugby is a very physical, challenging game and at times intensity intensity can be very high. So it's that sort of immediate rash decision or reaction after a penalty. You see things happen that players will regret a couple of seconds later that it's down to the ref to read the situation. Um, but yeah, it's, at the end of the day, you can only hear what you hear. Yeah. Um, we've got a, a scenario now again. This is from, I, I hope I pronounced this right. This is uh, Tom Seekin on Twitter. says, if there's a large ruck on the try line, would it be legal to throw a teammate over the ruck to try and score a try? This is, I, I played scrum half a lot at, uh, when I was a player and this is something that I wondered myself whether this would be a good idea or not. But <laughs> um, in, a, in a referee's heart, in my view, that if that was to happen in one of my games, I'd view that as dangerous play. Right. The fact you're throwing a player towards others is putting the defenders um, in danger, essentially. So be, for me, it'd be a penalty to the defending side if that to happen. Can you? I mean, if, if uh, can you do an NFL-style jump over? Would that be dangerous play, or would that be okay? Um, it's the issue you have there is if contact is made because say if someone did try that and knee connects to the head, then you're looking at a red card. Yeah. Um, then lastly we've got Craig Fleming again from the Scottish Rugby Forum says last kick of a tied game and the penalty will win the match 
the ball hits a bird mid-flight, preventing the ball going over. Is the ball live and free to play, or does the kick get taken again? So the ball's hit a bird. Um, it's for... fallen on in play, so then it's come down in play. Oh, this is for me. It's not really anything you can do. You can't control the elements, so I'm going to say play on. Play on. That's a good call. I think that's the same rules in golf. So we'll go with that. Um, the yep. one thing I was interested in is when, when I mean, I know you do National 1, so presumably at National 1, do you have assistant referees or are you still relying on sort of each club to put up a volunteer or is that... Tends yeah, to be- National 1's the first league, um, lowest league that you get assistant referees. So in Scotland, National 1 and Premiership have assistant refs. So, so how do you find that when you've, you know, when you've you've refed at say uh, East One level, how how do you find it sort of managing the touch judges then when you've got one from each team? Is that something? Generally, do people um, act honestly, or is it something you have? Do you have to have sort of a, a chat at the start of the game? Yeah, on the whole, it's fine. Um, a lot of these clubs have the guy they have running touch. who have done a course with Scottish Rugby, and um, just sort of all the basics to. There might be a level one referee themselves so they understand what they're doing they understand the situation um, 99 times out of 100 they'll be absolutely fine you won't have any issues but uh, you do hear stories of the occasional one who might kick up a fuss or do something to try and help the own side but thankfully it's very rare at all levels of the game yeah well that's good to hear um lastly you um you you're the first one to to try this we're, every time i'm interviewing someone this season we're, we're doing cammy's random questions so you've got to choose a number between 1 to 100. Right. <laughs> Let's go for 46. 46. 46. Uh, oh, it's a good one. Uh, if you had to breed two different animals together, what would they be and why? Uh, Sounds like I would get interview for a job or something. Um... <laughs> some job it was that. I don't think, hopefully not a science <laughs> job, because I think that would be unethical. Oh, some, some of the job interviews you get now are just crazy if the questions are coming up with. Um, two breeds of animals together. I'm going to mix in a dog just because uh, everyone's, everyone loves dogs. You can't really get away from them. And putting a donkey, just dog and a donkey, because I feel like that could be quite entertaining. Yeah, that's a good shout. As good a shout as any. Um <laughs> Well, thanks very much for speaking to us, Ruri. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll hear from you again later in the season on the podcast again, and all the best for the season. No problem. Thanks for having me on, Cammy. Okay, I'm joined now by uh, Jack Reed and Adam Ash, who are now of the Glasgow is it Warriors Weekly podcast? Warriors Weekly, yeah. Whenever we have uh, someone on the podcast for the first time, we always ask uh, the same question, which is what club socks you would wear if you were called for the Barbarians. I'm, I'm going to start with you, Jack. <laughs> um, the last club socks I wore would have been Chosen Hill Seconds, um, but I, I'd have to—I'd wear a pair of Warriors socks if if they'd let me. I, I, I'd lean towards Gloucester, but I'd, I'd have to pick Warriors because of the pelters I'd get around this place. No, it's <laughs> the heart and soul is in this club. That's oh, why. that's why I'm ingrained <laughs> now. Uh, and what about yourself, Adam? Are you go Warriors? Or are you going to go one leg, one no, club, I'd, another? I'd, I'd have to keep it original. I mean, I'd, I'd probably would wear one sock Warriors, but I'd have to wear Hellfoot's Rugby Club socks. That's where I started playing when I was a little kid. Um, and then once I actually stopped playing, Hellfoot's was the place that I went back to uh, uh, 
yeah, start up my, my rugby career that I'm still involved in at the moment. So I went back there when I was about 14, so I'd have to wear one of those those socks. Very good. Um, obviously, we're here to talk about Warriors Weekly Podcast, um, which is it's a peek behind the curtain, you've said, of Glasgow Warriors. So I'm not sure what this is. It's probably illegal what we're doing here. Um, <laughs> how did the idea for the podcast come about? Um, uh, so in my role here, I work as part of the communications team, and I it's kind of my job to be on top of um what everyone what the press and what the media and what kind of everyone is saying about the club and to make sure it's as positive as possible so i started listening to all the rugby podcasts just from a work point of view just to see um how we were being portrayed and was it positive and what um what people were saying what people were thinking and then i just yeah just got me thinking is actually this is a really great way to speak to people it's a really easy way to speak speak to people it's nice and relaxed it's nice as it nice and engaging and um uh, i know that this guy's got a history in podcasts and i know how how relaxed and we get on well and how it would be just nice to have something a bit more informal a nice way to speak to people in a more informal way really is that, nice. w- w- was that something you were keen to get involved in then adam yeah i i am um, i've been involved in podcasting before so i used to kind of run a podcast on well-being and um I've I've also kind of appeared on various other podcasts over the last few years, and it's yeah, it's just something that I've always kind of been interested in. Always enjoyed listening to all sorts of different podcasts, and uh, I was pleased when Jack asked me to be part of Warriors Weekly. Um, yeah, I just I guess kind of came out of the blue for me, and we just kind of got started with it literally a week after Jack told me. So um, yeah, it's good. I, I I really enjoy it, and I think from I guess from my perspective, I'm I'm really there to, you know, for for when players I think come and kind of are interviewed and whatnot, you know, I probably know a little bit more about those players and what they like and what they get up to than Jack probably does. So I'd like to think that um, I'm able to bring out their best kind of self and uh, and dig into a little bit about what they what they get up to and what they like to do off the field just as much as how they see things on the field. It was crucial to get Ashy involved as it's no one here wants to hear me speak about rugby. So we needed Adam there and it's it's amazing to see how relaxed some of the boys can be when he's around. And it's like I said, we want it to be more informal. We want it to be like I said, a peek behind the curtain. It's not it's not one of these. We're not trying to drive all these commercial messages here. It's more of a getting to know these people and it's not a buy tickets now. It's more of a yeah, just just really get to know people, I think. I think often what you see within the media world when it comes to sport is like players being interviewed, but often kind of just saying the stereotypical things and not really, you know, I know that a lot of the the supporters and fans really want to get to know the players a little bit more. And I think what this is, is an opportunity for us to do that and really have players just come on and and have a chat with us and be themselves and and give what they've got to the world. So I think it's going to be quite insightful. and, uh, And I think so far, Everyone that's been on has kind of enjoyed themselves. So, so. Uh, We've had positive feedback. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I wonder, obviously the, the stuff you would normally get through a club is, is normally quite staged and, and, and the more commonly it's on camera. I mean, Adam, from your point of view as a player, is that because there's a camera there or do you think the fact that you're in the room as well sort of helps with build that sort of relationship with the players and get some of the more sort of unusual bits that you might wouldn't normally hear about come out? 
Yeah, I think so. I think when the players kind of pick up on where we're coming from yeah. when they sit in the room and just the just the kind of lightheartedness of the conversation and um, and I guess the relaxed nature of it, people tend to just open up and be themselves. It's not like we're grilling them with yeah. questions about this and that and. Um, it's really just relaxed chat, and I, and I think when people f- pick up on that, they, they tend to just naturally be open and, and have fun and express themselves. So, um, yeah, I, I think in general, it's probably something I'd like to see more in sport, as people just just being themselves and, and showing up and giving what they've got to, to media in whatever way that may be. And, and how have you found the reaction from the players? I mean, have you got a queue out the door of guys sort of desperate to come on now? You've had one out? Um, I, w- I wouldn't say a queue out the door, but it's. I've had um, a few people asking. Have Seriously, you? I've not actually told you, but quite a few people said, "Oh, when am I getting on the podcast?" Well, that's good to hear. We um, so that's kind of the reason I'm there is to kind of be more of the organised side of things and to to think from a like from an upstairs point of view. So, for example, Robbie Nairn is going to be on this week, and that's because of the Harlequins link. We've got a Harlequins game coming up, and. So that's kind of why I'm there, and I'm to tee up the more, the more rugby questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully we can. It's that's when we, when we get started. Something I was cautious about is the fact that we can't be, um, we can't have too much of an opinion. We are we are a club, and we are representing this club, and we are we're not going to yeah. hide behind the fact that we're going to kind of bang the door and like big ourselves up here. And so there's not it's not actually going to be all that impartial. But what we do have and is the access to the players and being able, I can just run downstairs and say, or Ashley can say, do you want to come and run up? So, although you might not get the, the, the 50-50 debate that like podcasts such as yourself might be able to present, um, you can get an insight to the players and that's that's what we're looking to bring. Yeah, and I mean, that's great That's great for us because that's the kind of thing that we can you know, refer back to. So we're quite excited to have you guys sort of appear on the scene. Are you gonna? Is there plans to get coaches on board as well, or do you think they'll be a little bit harder to pers- persuade to come on? Uh, we uh, we spoke to Mike Blair today, so he's on he's on this week's. Um, I've I've asked I've asked a big man, and he might take some convincing, but I'm sure I can twist his arm. I'm sure we'll get him there eventually. Um, and uh, Jack, you've been over in the states recently. You said looking at what um, some colleges and universities have, have been doing. Is there anything we can sort of expect to see in in Glasgow media channels out of that? Any marching bands that Scott's doing anytime soon? March. Well, I, I went to see the San Francisco Giants, and they had I think it was a hundred Harley Davidsons doing laps of the pitch. So that's what um, that's what we've got come to Scott's in next. We've got motorbikes <laughs> on the pitch. That's like the cheetahs. Yeah, yeah, they, they do, do that. Like that. They do that in South Africa. Yeah, so we might see a bit of that. And uh, Adam, it's pre-season for yourself. Um, it's your first sort of full season um, with Dave Rennie, I guess. How is that? How is that going? Is any any different from last season? Uh, well, I guess the big change this year is that the, all, all the coaching staff are actually here for pre-season. We kind of had um, half the staff with us for pre-season, and then I guess I think it was Dave and. Phil, the S&C coach, kind of arrived just as the first pre-season game kicked off last year. So it's good to have everybody on board and everybody kind of working as a team. Um, and yeah, it's, it's been really good so far. Uh, really enjoyable. Had a, about a nice weather, which makes a massive difference. Um, and and everybody's looking looking pretty sharp. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to hopefully getting out there myself this weekend and, and seeing how everybody goes because there's been a, a hell of a lot of hard work put in. 
and uh, and hopefully we can see the benefits of that on the pitch. Brilliant. And and plans for the podcast in the next few weeks? What can we expect? Send in your uh, requests. Yeah, we, we we're really keen to hear from people. It's we're as new to this as the listeners are new to it. So. Um, we're we're kind of hammering the fact that we want to hear from people and we want them to tell us what they want to hear and if we can facilitate that then we will um we want to we're going to look to speak to as many external people as we can as well there's um there's a few external opinions it'd be really interesting to hear what what the thoughts and opinions on the club is from from outside rather than than just inside so we're going to try and try and look into that and then um once the season's up and running, I guess the the guests will pick themselves. We'll get um, kind of man of the match, and just if there's a link there, then then we'll be chatting to them. Brilliant! And are we going to get more Fat Club updates throughout the season? Well, I'm pleased to say that I think this will probably be the last week of Fat Club. Yeah. Well, if if all is well and good, there shouldn't be any more members come the first game. So yeah. Usually, most people after sort of six eight weeks training are in reasonably good condition that they are now within the standard that they should be so um yeah that, that would certainly be the hopes of uh what fat clubs provided for these players but uh yeah i think everybody's kind of glad to see the back of it we had robbie nan on this week and he is the opposite of fat club we were saying that he's kind of zero percent body fat he's yeah he's th- his skin folds are 37 so they basically pinch you with a little caliper thing all over your body and that and the sum amount of millimetres of fat from each side as your total skin fold and when I first came back in after pre-season one of my measures on my side here I think was 25 mils and Robbie's whole body is 37 <laughs> he's a lean machine so he's, he's an animal but he's he's kind of He'd, he'd be the first to say this himself. He's just kind of genetically gifted like that. He doesn't do any remarkably clean diet or anything like that. He's just, he's just lucky like that. And some guys are, some guys aren't. Um, one thing we're doing that's new this season on our uh, podcast when we've got guests on is uh, random questions. Um, so you, you're sort of guinea pigs for this in a way. Um, I've got two envelopes, A and B. Um, Jack, do you want to choose A or B for yours? I'll go A. A. Let's have a look. Um... What is your favourite type of cloud? Favourite type of cloud? Yep. Ah, oh, this is... <laughs> yeah, an ash cloud. Let's go ash cloud ash for, for the big man here. <laughs> That's a strong answer. Um, Adam, that leaves you with B. Uh, Bruce Willis plays the same character in every film he's been in. So what Bruce Willis is your favourite Bruce Willis? Is he playing Friends? Isn't he, isn't he someone's... I'm not a movie guy. I honestly don't know any movies that Bruce Willis has been in. I like Bruce Willis. <laughs> are, you, are you like my clone that you've never seen a movie? Well, I've seen movies, but I don't remember the really... you never really... seen Die Hard? Oh, Die Hard, yeah. I know that when you say it, but I would never remember. I never put two and two together. I'm not really like... I don't remember intricate things like that. I know it might not be that intricate, but... Intricate things like who who was the star of the movie. <laughs> ah, exactly. <laughs> I'll watch the movie and enjoy the story. I like Bruce Willis in Friends. I can't remember who he plays. I think he plays someone's dad. Right, yeah. we'll go with that then. We'll go with yeah. that. Bruce That's Willis, fun. Bruce Willis from Bruce Willis and Friends. That's yeah, a yeah. good answer. Well, thanks very much for joining us, guys. That's been really interesting. Uh, all the best for the podcast uh, for the next season. You too. Look you forward too. to listening to you guys too.
So that's it for this week's preseason special. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday. We've got interviews with Berwick Rugby Club, uh, hopefully an interview with Caledonian Thibans as well, uh, and possibly an interview with Watsonians Ladies, uh, all, all about their preseasons. So do listen out for that and check your inbox. Go to the website, scottishrugbyblog.co.uk, to find out details of how to subscribe. Uh, if you're not already subscribed to us, you can follow us on Twitter at scottrugbyblog or at Black. Uh, we're on Facebook, um, where you just search for Scottish Rugby Blog. Uh, we're also on Instagram, Scottish Rugby Podcast. Um, but that's it for this this week. Um, we'll have our second preseason special next week, and after that, the podcast will be back in full. <laughs>